0: I have just launched a mastermind called The Circle of Influence where I'll be taking you under my wing to show you how to build a platform online that generates an income for you so you can have more freedom in your life. I'm also going to show you how to become a powerful influencer online so that you can score interviews and so you can get exposure on major publications and platforms. And I'm going to even show you how to build these platforms yourself such as a website, a podcast, a YouTube channel and a social media following so that you can get your message out there to millions. I'm also going to show you how to network with other incredible leaders online so that you can interview them and so that you can collaborate with them and really show you how to refine your story so you can share it in an unforgettable way to score more interviews, to score book deals, and to gain more speaking opportunities so that you can become a powerhouse leader. Now, if this speaks to you, make sure you head over to I am Joel Brown dot com slash apply and get in before I close my doors on this live, interactive, exclusive opportunity We're going to go deep with you and with the community of Circle of Influence Game Changers. Don't miss this. Now, let's get into this interview. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown. And I'm here today with Jake Woodard, who's a spiritual healer. Jake has a podcast called The Awake with Jake Show. I'm so excited for you to really sit with Jake today and to hear how he breaks through the fears with his clients, how he shows them how to really transform from the inside out, how they can embody a healthy masculine and feminine uh, balance within their energy to really excel and succeed in life. And see a lot of entrepreneurs that I I work with, I notice that they they go so hard in business and they go so hard in finances. And maybe this resonates with you right now, but like really just going hard in one or two areas of your life, but really everything is touching everything. And so Jake's gonna show you how to really create harmony within your life so you can power up on all levels and become a true success in all areas so that you can learn more, earn more, and give more in your life. Jake, I'm so excited man, for you to share everything that you know here today. And uh, I know that you've been listening to the Addicted to Success podcast for a while and you did say that you one day would jump on the A2S podcast. So I'm happy that this is your moment and you're here and and we can't wait to hear everything that you got to, to share with us, man. Welcome.
2: Thank you, my brother. I'm honored to be here.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I saw your content a little while back and then I did a revisit just the other day and I noticed your content has just oh my gosh, it's, it's had such a massive impact on so many people's lives. And I just see the engagement in your content. And I see how passionate you are, how committed you are to healing others and being the, you know, the support and to, to really be there for others in a way where others don't know how to be there for themselves. And I just love that you inspire people to step into their greatness with your modalities, with your tools, and also, you know, the way that you just passionately love to show up for others. So, Tell me, man, in a nutshell, what are you most excited about and passionate about when it comes to the work that you do? Well, first of all,
2: thank you for all your kind words, man. That was a a very beautiful introduction and I appreciate you honoring my work. I think the thing that really excites me the most, man, is honestly like to be able to hold space for another person as they let go and release Their deepest wounds, their pain, their trauma, the abandonment, the abuse, the neglect, all of that stuff to be able to create an environment where people can actually feel their deepest pain, their darkest shadows for the first time maybe ever. Maybe it was a sexual abuse, the the abuse from the father or the mother and really feel that pain, bring it up. And release it. And I think that that's one of the most exciting things I've ever felt in my entire life. Like I've jumped out of airplanes and stuff like that, but I'm telling you right now, when you're in an environment with people and you've created an environment with people where they can open and express themselves in a vulnerable fashion, there is nothing that I've ever experienced that comes even close to that, man.
1: I feel you, brother. I feel you. We were talking about this just before, you know, I run events and retreats as well. And there's just something about being there and standing in that vulnerability face to face with someone and for them to even just open up and share with you things that they've, some of their best friends or their parents or, you know, their brothers or sisters don't even know about them. And I think that we live in a world where there is a lot of, you know, shaming and uh, we use certain words to really bring people down and, people have also got this massive fear of rejection going on that they, they don't fully own who they are. And I just love that you're going in and you're doing this experiential, uh, teachings because you know, we hear inspiration every day, man, as inspirational videos and quotes and there's podcasts like this and that's like great. But the transformation is where the gold really is at. What do you believe it takes to really transform your life?
2: Honestly, there's, I wouldn't say there's like one cookie cutter formula for, transferring, for transforming a person's life. I can speak from my experience, which is what I always do. You know, I grew up in a small farm town in upstate New York called Green, which where most of the people in the world probably never even heard of it. And it was more cows and people. And you know, I, at a young age, man, I got I got addicted to to sugar. It wasn't addicted to success or addicted to like anything else. I was addicted <laughs> to sugar, man. So that was my thing. Like I I would eat tubs of frosting, like tubs of frosting. I would steal Most. all the yeah, man. Like as much my frosting problem. as my mom. I had like a serious sugar addiction. But on top of that. I also had like severe amounts of energy, like ADHD and like all these like crazy amounts of energy. And my mother would always threaten to send me away to misbehave school, the military school for boys. Like every single day, she's like, Jake, you're going today. Today's going to be the day you're going. I'm like, I'm not going. So like, we'd always get in these huge fights. But you know, that was kind of the introduction to my pain because the bullies at school started getting really bad. You know, they would call me Oompa Loompa or five by five because I was five foot tall and five foot wide. And you know, so the bullying started getting real bad at school. But my home life was, was a whole nother story. You know, my dad was an angry individual, man. And like, I, I can remember one day I was playing out in the living room and I was probably about maybe nine years old at the time. And I was being really loud with my two sisters, Jocelyn and Jasmine. I was screaming and yelling, raising all kinds of hell. And all of a sudden I hear, thump, 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 thump. My dad was in the other room sleeping, taking a nap after he had worked all day. And he came out with a loaded 12-gauge shotgun, and he waved that barrel in my face so close I could smell the metal of the barrel. And he said, wow. if you don't shut up and stop being so loud, I'm going to shoot your ass. And that's really? exactly what he said to me, man. And like, so the, 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 the abuse that I suffered from my father, him trying to kill me multiple times, wishing I was dead, wishing he never had me, all these other things, and like punching me in my face. You know, the, the day my mother divorced my father was he, we were on a fishing trip in Maine, And I got the line tangled in the reel. And for anybody that's ever been fishing before, I had backlash. It was like this big spool of of wire. And my dad took this, like, one-inch rod and beat me with the pull so bad, I was just bleeding profusely down my arm. And this was at 12 years old. And my mother came over to him, and she finally found the strength in her heart. And she's like, that's it. We're done. Like, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you when we get home. And, like, that was really my kind of, like, awakening moment. I finally saw, like, strength in my my mother – she didn't ever possess but you know the, the the next layer to my pain i was 13 years old and my older sister jocelyn who was 17 at the time she was like my hero and for anybody that has older sisters listening right now older brothers older siblings they know what it's like to look up to an older sibling and jocelyn was awesome man she was smart she was funny she was outgoing and people just really loved jocelyn but she was taking a shower and I was going to pull a prank on her. I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to dump some ice cold water on her while she's in the shower. I'm sure people have done that prank before. So I'm fidgeting with the bathroom door. I'm fidgeting with the door. And I couldn't get it open. So finally, I said, screw it. And I kicked the door open. And when I opened the door, Jocelyn was laying on the floor with a needle in her arm. And at that point, she had legally overdosed on heroin. And I was holding her. I'm screaming at my mom. I'm going, why, mom? Why? Why would someone do this to their life? So Jocelyn for the past 15 years has been in and out of drug addiction with heroin living on the streets, been arrested for all kinds of crazy things. And it put me down this dark path, man, of alcoholism, obesity, porn addiction, all these crazy things for eight, nine years of my life. But then I got to the point one day and I'm like, I can continue to be a victim of my life or I can take responsibility. And the moment that I chose to take responsibility is the moment that my life began to change.
1: Dude, that is so powerful. And to see where you are now, like, dude, it's such a testimony to the fact that you can go through hell and back and still come out. There's a chance, you know, it's about making that decision and it's becoming bigger than the fears, than the problems, than the, you know, the, the memories of, uh, being taken advantage of, of being, you know, exposed, being beaten at times. I just love that, man. That's the transformation right there. You know, it's knowing that each day that you wake up is a new chance to change the game. And, you know, I'm sure you walk walked through life for quite a while before you did a lot of the work where you were easily triggered, you know, where your wounds are coming up and blocking you from being able to connect with others and like share with us, what are some of the things that you struggle with? Because I know there's people on this call right now listening to this interview where they're going through some, you know, turmoil right now, or they're going through these patterns and they know that it's there and they know there's some blocks. Like what were the things that you were experiencing? And then maybe we could then go and explore how to overcome some of these things that are very, you know, rampant and popular within the struggle of, of the human soul. I think
2: the first thing that comes to me right off the bat is uh, anger. I was, I was angry and I was, which was really anger to me is just covered in sadness. Like I was deeply sad inside, you know, like I had went through these terrible experiences and we've all been through hard things in life. Like I'm not, you know, some special person because I went through a hard time, but we all, we all go through pain at some point in our life. And I think anger, man, was really the one thing that that really stuck with me for a long time. And it kept manifesting in life, in relationships or friendships or whatever. Like it just, it kept getting mirrored back to me by the universe because I wasn't willing to heal that anger, that wound of sadness at that
1: time. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I know when we're running our events and somebody is angry. We always explore this, and, and what, what's behind anger is hurt. person's hurt. You know, it's like it's covering and protecting. Like, don't see me. Don't see that I feel wounded. Don't see that I'm, I feel weak, you know? And it's not weakness, but we, we make it that. So, what are some other fears that you would say are, are very common or show up quite often at your retreats and events?
2: Abandonment is a big one for a lot of people. A lot of people didn't have a father or a mother that was emotionally present. And a lot of times it's normally the father that really wasn't present with them growing up. So they, they plant this seed of abandonment, you know, not being able to trust the masculine energy being present in their life. So they grow up with a very kind of shaky foundation of masculine energy. So a lot of times they continue to go through life and they have so much distrust with masculine energy. So they just create so much of their own masculine energy as a protective mechanism. And they build these walls up around their feminine heart. We all have both masculine and feminine energy, but they build these thick, dense walls of masculine energy up around their heart because they're actually so afraid of the world and they have no connection to their feminine heart. The problem with most people and what I experience a lot of my life is we actually fear the strength of our hearts so we hide out in our logical minds all day long, analyzing, planning, strategizing, doing the next move, right? And we live in this mind, but very few of us have a mind-heart coherence and a mind-heart connection. And I believe that's really the longest journey we'll take in life is from the mind to the heart. And when you can drop down into your heart, you can actually begin the healing process because I don't think we can heal through the mind. We can use the intellect to get into the heart, but we can't actually heal through information and just the mind.
1: Ooh, that's deep. Wow, 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 wow. So what about the fear of rejection? Mm. This is a big one, right? People are scared to launch the business, to put themselves on camera. Uh, to even do what you're doing right now it's like you had that dream of like wow i'd love to be on the a2s podcast and here you are now how do we overcome the fear of rejection so i think actually fear
2: of rejection if we go a little deeper i think fear of rejection would also be coming from shame and guilt where like if you like let's look at the childhood wounds where i love to dig into the inner child work and you look at the childhood of how you were brought up Were you shamed? Were you guilted if you didn't do something, you know, for mommy or daddy to be the perfect kid and you modeled yourself to always please your parents? And if you didn't get a hundred on the test score, then you got grounded for a week or whatever your punishment was. So from the time we're just little baby kids, we are taught to seek perfection and we have to get a hundred and not a 90 or an 80, or even if you get a 50, you know, it's like you're constantly being told that, like, if you're rejected, then you're not perfect, which is really shaming you and and guilting you into believing that you need to be a certain way and putting you in this box, this model of the world. So, of course, when we get older and we get into relationships, you know, or, or business or whatever you want to, however you want to go with this, you're going to have some levels of fear of rejection because a lot of times it's coming from that deep rooted place of shame and guilt, and not wanting to not be seen or heard. So like when someone doesn't see you or or praise you, like you feel so wounded because it's really activating that deep wound of shame and guilt.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I believe that everyone wants to be seen, heard, and understood. The question is, do do they feel like they're worthy of it? And that obviously is tied to Experiences they've had where they've made certain things mean, whether it's an experience or an event where they've gone, this means I'm not good enough. Or this means failure and mistakes are bad. Or this means I don't have enough or whatever it may be. And uh, man, the, the reprogramming that needs to take place sometimes, I think uh, I, I know personally, I've been impatient with it at times. It's like I want to just go in and heal it all and transform. And, and it's often the thing that we don't know that we don't know that shows up for us at some point. It's like you heal in one part and then another part will show up and you're like, Oh, okay, here we go.
2: And you said something too. And I want to put a question back to it. You said everyone wants to be seen, heard and felt, I believe you said, but the question is understood. So the, but the question is, are you seeing yourself? Are you hearing yourself? Are you understanding yourself? And the real deep question is, do you even know who you really
1: are? Yeah. Such a, uh, philosophical deep uh, question, man. And I can relate to this because since I was 13 years old, every industry that I stepped into, into music, into sales and corporate, you know, even building addicted to success, I had so much praise and acknowledgement for the things that I achieved, right? So as always, my value to me And it only became very apparent, honestly, uh, through relationships that I was having. And even very recently, where it just hit me like a ton of bricks, I was like, wow, I keep putting my value into the things that I have and the things that I did or do, not into who I actually am. And even when I would date women, it would often be this thing where they would know who I was first through what I had achieved, through my status and credibility, rather than actually just knowing me as the guy that just, they met somewhere or whatever and had a great conversation and felt a good energy and got to know my character rather than the things that I achieved. And ever since then, I started playing it very differently and then realized like, why am I trying to play it so differently? It's more about going back to who am I and actually owning more of that, regardless of the business success and the accolades and everything else. So what you say, man just really resonates so deeply with me. And I'm sure a lot of people here that are addicted to success or aspiring for that probably going through a similar uh, experience as well. So, you know, what would you say about this and how will we overcome this if, if you're, you know, anyone that's listening is struggling with this at two?
2: Give up the model of who you think you're supposed to be. Mm. Give up the model of who you think you're supposed to be. Like what you were just saying, you're like, everyone was knowing me and what they see me as. And you're living up to that model of who you think you're supposed to be. And I did it for my whole life, right? Until I learned not to do this. For example, If you're the the party boy and you're known as the party boy, you're gonna show up to that party and you are gonna drink, you're gonna yell, you're gonna fight, you're gonna be the party boy, right? Because that's the model that you're living and that's who you think you're being. So with that identity, you're gonna continue to live out that identity. Until you give that identity up, you will continue to live it out. So if you think that you have to be a successful businessman, that is your model of life, and you will continue to live out that model of life of this is who I think I'm being. This is who I'm being. This is who I am. But who are you really? Because who are you without your identity? Who are, who are you without the social status? Who are you without the fame? Who are you without the money? Who are you without the, all the materialism? Because if you stripped all that away, even if you stripped your physical body away, what would you be attached to in this life?
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's such a a, a deep and powerful question to ask myself. And I think that's why right now I'm going through a journey where I challenge myself every day of like, is this authentically me? Am I doing it because it's popular? Or am I courageously sharing my truth? And, and that's why even you, I don't know if you've noticed in my social media content lately, I've been going a little bit left of, or what would be considered probably left of center now, because I'm now coming from a place of, you know what, this really inspires me. It may even be a little bit off brand or a little bit like, not like, not what my audience is used to, but screw it. I'm sharing it because it's what's really on my heart and it's a practice.
2: And that's the question you have to lead with is, is this coming from my heart? And when you lead with that question, is this coming from my heart? It will serve you or because if it's not coming from your heart where's it coming from your ego your ego is creating these constructs of how it thinks it's supposed to be to make you look good to, value, to validate you to see you really because all the ego is about the or we could say the lower self is all about me the selfish I, where it's like i'm gonna do this because i want likes i want validation i want money i'm gonna benefit from this transaction it's all it, the ego has a personal agenda so When you ask the question to yourself, is this coming from my heart or is this coming from my ego, you automatically bring awareness to the ego's games.
1: Mm, Yes. And and I think the thing too is when, let's say your identity is challenged, if it is coming from ego, you're probably going to be pretty triggered, right?
2: That's the wound, man. That's the wounded ego.
1: (laughs) Oh, we're going deep, bro. We're going deep real quick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like it. I like it. One of the, one of the things I really resonate with uh, that you talk about quite often, you know, obviously just, just before I mentioned, you know, dating relationships and then our identity of what we're upholding and then, you know, are we being accepted and what do we do for validation? Relationships are really interesting because I believe that there are really, they can be a really powerful mirror because we are attracting in Really the people that like we're re- like they're resonating for some reason, right? There's a frequency that we're matching in some way and there's either a lesson in it or there's like a massive win or whatever it may be for you. Now, one of the big things that I think a lot of people uh, struggle with, especially people that come to me with coaching and we see them at our, our events is maintaining polarity in relationships, This seems to be like, even if it starts out as really powerful. And let's say a couple are like, we're working through our fears and we're doing the work and we've overcome the fear of rejection. I've approached them. Now we're in this beautiful relationship. Uh, Even though they do all that work, sometimes it could be this thing that the end of the relationship is essentially uh, a conclusion because of this uh, fact that they haven't mastered this, this balance of the feminine and masculine energy. So could you break that down for us? Of course, man. This is my favorite topic.
2: (laughs) Well, let's start out by understanding what masculine feminine energy is because a lot of people think masculine man, feminine woman, but that is not the case because we all carry, if you are in a human form, you have masculine and feminine energies. Okay, What happens a lot of times is men predominantly about 80% have more of a masculine core essence, but they also have feminine. Women have about 80%. Have more of a feminine core, but they also have masculine energy as well. When it comes down to polarity, we'll call it sexual polarity, which is the arc of attraction that creates the magnetic attraction between two people. And we could use the example of a man and woman, but this could be a man and a man or a woman and a woman, because once again, this is not gender bound. One person will be carrying more of the masculine energy, while the other person will be carrying more of the feminine energy. So we could say, For example, a masculine man may have more of the masculine core. The feminine woman has more of the feminine core. When they come together, the man and his masculine, and we'll break down the masculine qualities too. The masculine qualities would be the direction, the clear purpose, the assertiveness. Really masculine energy is about being rooted and grounded. It is presence. It is consciousness itself, okay? Masculine energy basically knows where it's going, how it's going to get there, and the plan to get there it has everything organized strategized and everything is thought out it's the logic that is the masculine energy masculine energy is all about the mind the logic so the feminine energy though and once again we all have it we all have masculine as well the feminine energy is more identified and more aligned with the qualities of intuition compassion love feeling sensation movement Everything moving in this universe is the qualities of feminine energy, okay? So even talking, speaking is a feminine energy. Anger is a feminine energy. Emotion, energy in motion, anything, anything moving is a quality of feminine energy. So the stillness of the masculine energy and the movement of the feminine energy is what polarizes and attracts towards each other, and that creates sexual polarity. So what I see a lot of times with the people that I work with is in the beginning, the man is really clear. He's very confident. He's able to lead her in a loving way and he has a direction in his life. He has a strong purpose. That's more of the masculine energy. While the feminine, the woman, she's rested in her feminine. She's feeling safe. She's feeling seen. She's able to express herself. She's using her intuition and she's really connected with her heart. But at somewhere along the line in the relationship, she starts to maybe not trust his masculine energy. And that could be because of her own masculine wounds that she still hasn't healed, or that man is starting to lose that direction and his purpose and that connection to all of that. So this creates kind of a neutralization effect where both people come into their masculine energy and then all of a sudden, they're sexually repelling each other. And I see this happen so often. And it's really intriguing to watch this because I've experienced it myself. And when it happens, you literally will feel like no attraction toward another person. And it's like, why aren't we having sex? Why are we not connecting at an intimate level? Well, you have no polarity in your relationship and without polarity, you're not gonna have that arc of attraction to create the sexual intimacy. And that's kind of a very summed up version of it, but we're gonna go a lot deeper into it, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, getting some relationship coaching back in 2019. It's funny saying back in 2019. It was just so recently. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving through the years pretty quick now. Uh, and and uh, I learned from my coach that often what it would be for us as humans is we need five positive experiences to outweigh one negative. And I was having this conversation around these experiences I was having in certain relationships and. Um, one of the things that would show up was I didn't know how to dance properly between my feminine and masculine. Either I would stay really strong in my masculine too much uh, or I would I would go into the feminine and feel uncomfortable with myself because I didn't know how to be in it. And I would almost like push away from it and not know how to accept it from her too, you know? And, uh, and having like this like over and over again, I was then questioning, well, why is the attraction level dropping from either side? It could be from, you know, the, the woman's side or from my side. And I was confused because I'm like, I knew that I, I, I was attracted at first, I was attracted at a certain point, but why is it changing? Like, why can't it just be on this incline? <laughs> right? And and this is like the relationships. It's so funny, like, I, I'm really great in business. And I had this really like, real moment with myself where like, okay, I mastered certain areas in my life and done really well. Relationships is just that next area. And I see my friends that are getting into long-term relationships or they're now married or they have kids and the conversations we have, it's just so interesting to hear the complexities that can be at play sometimes. And even just knowing like being in a relationship is like the dojo for life. You're always learning in relationships and it's one of the best places to really reflect back to you how you're showing up in life. So what would you say is, is a great exercise or activity or something like that that we can do to reflect to like really look at like, okay, where am I in my masculine or where am I in my feminine?
2: Yeah. I mean, you can feel it in your body. I mean, especially if you're a woman with a feminine core, and I literally just posted about this yesterday. If you're a woman with a feminine core and you're always in your masculine energy, you're always leading, you're always guiding, you're protecting, you're structuring, you're organizing, planning, all masculine qualities. Which is fine and great, but if you're always in that, you will literally start to feel pain in your body. Like your body will become so tense and rigid because you're always in your masculine energy. You don't have the flow of the feminine love. Like your body will actually start to hurt. (laughs) Like it could it could be causing you physical pain. It could even lead to some type of disease or illness, you know? So like I think that allowing yourself to feel safe in your feminine is the first really step because. We're really good at being masculine. We live in a masculine grid society. Business is a masculine grid, okay? It's all about a building, achieving, achieving, succeeding, accomplishing. These are all masculine qualities. We are in the masculine energy all day long, okay? The question is, what is your connection with your feminine energy? How often are you vulnerable? How often do you feel connection to your heart? How often are you feeling sensations, even just feeling, even feeling your feelings, right? Like crying and letting out, emotions is a form of feminine energy. So I think that in the context of a relationship, when two people come together, we could use the example once again as a man and a woman. For a man to be in his masculine, he would be more of holding the space while a woman is expressing herself in whatever form. And this doesn't mean that he allows her to abuse him. He holds space and he listens and he makes her feel seen and heard instead of trying to give her all of his logical solutions. This is what me as, we as men do wrong. When a woman starts complaining about something, he goes right to solution. He thinks to himself, well, I got a solution for that. But really oftentimes that's her complaining is because she really just wants to be seen and heard. And if you just stood, stood there for a few minutes and just listened to her and, and held space for her and looked in, deep in your gaze, deep in your breath and, and rooted yourself down into the ground, and just were firm in who you were, that feminine energy would change again, okay? Because the feminine energy is is like always shifting. It's always going different directions. But what happens a lot of times is the masculine energy, and this is from a masculine perspective, of course, the masculine energy wants to lock up that feminine energy and stop it from moving. It wants to to end the argument because the masculine energy is all about bringing things to an end, making decisions to bring things to an end, That's why sports are so huge in the masculine energy field, because it's all about accomplishment and bringing things to an end, right? Where the feminine energy wants to continue to feel the flow of love, the feel of energy, the feel of anger. It just wants to continue. It's a continuous life force. That's why women are able to have multiple orgasms where men normally have one and it's done, right? And thats (laughs) I'm being serious with that, because if you think about it, the masculine energy is all about bringing things to an end it is a decision to end something right but the feminine energy doesn't want to end so that's why when you see two feminine people talking there's so much talking going on that no that like no listening was accomplished there was no polarity in the conversation
1: yeah. so it's essentially like the, the the masculine energy is death and the feminine energy is life <laughs>
2: <laughs> so well no
1: what you said do you say death or death
0: death
2: it is death. The masculine energy is all about death, actually. It's the bringing things to an end. And wow. the feminine energy is life force itself. The feminine energy is the river flowing through where the masculine energy is the riverbed holding the feminine energy, holding the flow of the river, okay? So, death is the masculine energy where it wants to always, it's continuously dying and dying and dying, where the feminine energy is just all about life and movement and expression. It is radiance. It is vibrancy. It is all of these things that are what we as men love, right? We love the qualities of that feminine, beautiful essence. But what happens, a lot of men, they don't even know what they're loving. They just want to grab it, hold on to it, and repress it. And they it's also because they haven't connected to their own feminine energy.
1: Right. Oh, I loved it. We could just go in so many directions, dude. I love this conversation. So, okay, one of uh, one of these coaches that I, li- I listened to recently, his name's Corey Wayne. He's a relationship coach. Uh, he, he wrote a book called The Three Percent Man. It's actually a really great book, very well studied, great advice. Um, one of the things that he said, which really helped me in the dating uh, world, was he said this and. You may not agree, you may agree whatever it is it 's an analogy, so you take it as as it is and see you know what what you want from it, but he says men are kind of like dogs, and women are like cats. see a dog will will like to a certain degree can 't quite control itself, like wants to go for it, wants to get the thing, wants to lock it down, or wants to like you know, achieve the thing and have it when he wants to have it, right? And a woman is more like a cat in a sense that a woman would likes to like know that you're there, but also wants to have the freedom to kind of go do a thing. And if a guy like if you, if you think about this, like, let's say a guy acting as if like a dog trying to come after a cat, the cat's going to turn around at some point and hiss and be like, what are you doing I get away from you, right? A cat when it wants to will come up and jump up on the couch and come up and want to be next to you when it feels like it wants to be there. And then, you know, you give it the pat and it's like, you know, it's, it's chosen with freedom that it wants that love, you know, return. And it was really interesting to hear that analogy. I was like, wow, I think what we all ultimately want is we do want freedom we want the freedom to be able to be expressively like who we are without controlling each other. And when you say like, you know, the man wants to fix it and that wants to kind of control the situation in a way. But if the man understands it's not about that, and that doesn't have to be a thing, we still can have the freedom to be able to let them express, but also be like in our power holding space. That's such a beautiful way that you put, you, you shared that with that analogy of the the river flowing in the riverbed. I, I love it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's such an, uh, uh, an intricate thing when you go deep into it. What would you say? Because I, I bet big dollars that uh, there are women listening to this Addicted to Success podcast episode right now that are all about achieving success, you know, being a relentless pursuit for your dreams, which is what we, yeah, philosophy so much is with Addicted to Success. And I would say that a lot of them are probably struggling in relationships if they're in one right now with shifting between the feminine masculine energy because they're working, you know, as a boss chick and they're crushing as a female entrepreneur and doing their thing. What can women start practicing as a female entrepreneur to come into that balance at times when they're with their male uh, partner?
2: This is such a great question. And first of all, I just want to honor the women too. I just want to let you know that you are seen and you are heard and you are safe to really connect with your feminine energy you know, I think a lot of times women animate a lot of masculine energy because they don't feel safe with their feminine energy. And this could become from father energy wounds and stuff they experienced growing up, but a lot of times they don't feel safe. So I think the first thing is, is give yourself permission to feel safe, connecting to your feminine energy. And you don't have to live according to society standards of this masculine grid. Okay. You don't need to live in this box of masculinity all the time. And if you're going to live in that box I invite you to live in that box with feminine energy, okay? Because you're going to feel a lot better in your body. Your physical body will feel so much better if you nourish it with the flow of feminine energy. One thing I always tell my female clients is to infuse everything you do with love. So for example, if you're at your job and you're you're working doing whatever, Ask yourself, how much love am I feeling in this moment right now? Like just check in with yourself throughout the day. How much love am I feeling in this moment? And if you're not feeling love and you've got yourself too masculine, you're too rigid, you're too tense, you're too structured, get up, move around, go walk, go breathe, go dance, go cry, go move your body in a way that is connecting to your heart. So in a sensual way where you're just moving your body, moving the energy, and men can do this as well because men get way locked in this rigid grid of masculine energy, and I do it myself. Like if I'm sitting at my computer working for three hours straight, I start to feel really tense and rigid. I will get up, go move around, go do some breath work, go into nature, nature's huge because mother nature, mother energy, feminine energy is all about nurturing, okay? Nature, nurturing. So go into nature, dance, breathe, cry, chat with your girls, do something to bring, do some yoga, the flow of yoga, anything movement is going to help create more of your feminine energy. That divine feminine energy is going to nourish you and allow you to feel more like just fluid. Like it's just like, it's this liquid running through your body. And a lot of times that liquid has been, stopped and, and it can't flow anymore. So in order for that energy to flow, you got to allow it to flow within your body and in your energy field as well.
1: Yeah, dude. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. One of my uh, mates, he said that he's in this relationship with someone who he really loves and, and he's noticed that she started to really do a lot of what he does, you know, going to the gym together and, um, filling his day with a lot of the things that, um, He would do by himself she's been a part of it now and he says i feel like she's in a masculine quite a lot and he's a little bit worried that she he may lose attraction and I, i asked him well what do you what do you encourage her to do And he said yeah the other day i told her go hang out with your girlfriends like go do yoga so um he's on the right track then based off everything that you said
2: yeah man and so for in this this example when the man and the woman a practice that he could do or men could do with their partner if she has a feminine core mm-hmm. is when you notice her start to get like that take her by her hand and just start twirling her around and dance and get her laughing cuz laughing once again is a form of feminine energy just move her like just grab her by her hand and just gently guide her and dance with her and like this is such a beautiful practice it works so well to get like to snap someone out of their masculine mind back into their heart cuz you're automatically going into the body so I think for your, in, in response to your friend, I think that creating a safe environment where she feels like she doesn't need to be in her masculine is huge. Okay, So when he's present, she will open up. But if she doesn't feel his presence, like, okay, there's a goddess known as Goddess Kali, and she literally cut men's head off if she did not feel their presence. So imagine that your girlfriend is Goddess Kali, And when she doesn't feel your deep heart desire, your deep presence, your deep purpose, she's going to cut your head off. Now this is an extreme example, obviously, but it gives you a depiction of what you can understand to how to embody your masculine energy. Mm -hmm. So as men, what we can do is to, we have to ground ourselves. Masculine energy is all about grounding. So when our core is grounded, our belly is soft, our chest is open, our shoulders are relaxed, Our breath is deep. Our feet are rooted. We are strong in our our sense of purpose. But now the next thing is our eyes. Because a lot of men, we're just not present. Like we're just not present with another person. Look into your partner's left eye, which is the feminine side of the body, and you will connect to her feminine heart and be present with her. And, And everything will start to change. But this is a practice because we are constantly being pulled away with distractions work cell phones friends family we have to train ourselves and women too to be present with our partners and i feel like honestly if people were just more present in their relationships it would fix a lot of problems
1: wow i love that you shared these examples and if you're listening to this right now and hopefully you're being present with it as we're Really take note, and then go home today, or what, you know, start your day. And if you're having breakfast with your partner, or even just a friend, someone in your life, where you you know you you can notice that you might be out of balance, or they they both you are out of balance, and really practice these things, and become present with yourself. Be mindful of where you're at. Feel the energy in your body, and us. Like, where am I right now? I think and, another and big practice big too.
2: Practice. Um, I'll throw one more out there too that they can do. Yeah. And this could be yeah. once again, this could be this could be man and man, woman and woman, whoever is carrying the masculine yeah. core in that moment, because it can change. It doesn't always have to be that because we have feminine energy as well. A good practice also is speaking the truth. Okay. This one's a tough one, especially for women, because their throat shockers have been locked. Okay. So as a man, you say, okay, here's the space. I've created this. This is a safe place. You are able to speak whatever truth you have, communicate clearly to me what's on your heart and just allow her to open up and express yourself. And if it's hurt, if it's anger, if it's sadness, let her speak it to you and just sit there. Do not say anything. Don't give her your solutions. Don't give her your feedback. None of that. And just listen to her. When she feels heard, when she feels seen, she will activate that love within her and everything in the relationship will begin to change.
1: Damn. It's that simple?
2: <laughs> no. Yeah, it's it's not. so tough. Yeah, yeah it's
1: so <laughs> tough at the same time. Like emotionally, yet like logically, oh, that's simple. If you think
2: it's simple, it I, have, I have a challenge for all the men. If you think that sounds simple, go stare at a candle flame for 30 minutes without, without moving. Wow. Go sit down and stare at it. This is a yogic practice. I do this often. Go sit down and stare into a, a candle flame for 30 minutes. And I promise you, the more present you beca- you won't be able to do it. Most people won't be able to do it more than 10. But, and this is a challenge. So I'm curious. I, I would love to hear the feedback from your listeners. Could you do the 30-minute challenge of staring? And this is for the men with the practice your masculine embodiment, is to stare into the candle flame, which the flame, the moving flame, is the feminine. The dancing flame is the feminine heart. So if you can connect with that that feminine flame for thirty minutes with your presence without moving, you're doing good.
1: <laughs> and if a window's open or a can, uh, a fan's on in the room, that that uh, flame's going to be flapping and moving quite a bit. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Photo. Yeah, wow, what a practice. Uh, that's amazing. I really like this. This episode is very different to a lot of other episodes, and and that was the goal as well. I know before this call, we were like how can we make this different, and and you know, not even just trying to make it better. It's just like really great that you've really been able to share with us the wisdom that you've really come across and that you've embodied yourself. And, and this is really what it's about. Like when you hear this, when you're listening to this now, like this is all a practice. It doesn't just, it's not like you hear it and go, cool, I got it. Like, yeah, you might get it cognitively, but now it's time to put in the practice and actually action this, be mindful of it when it's showing up. And one of the things I do notice, uh, Jake, is when I watch the videos on your Instagram, if you guys are watching this right now, listening to this right now, go and check out Jake's Instagram. It's amazing. Uh, And he'll share it at the end of this episode. But go and check it out and see, you know, the way that Jake is, he holds space, he's very present with each person that he works with. And I just love how you structure your retreats and the way that you, you teach others. I had some questions around that because I want to really understand uh, what it takes for someone like you to be able to really do this, to pull this off. What type of training and even modalities uh, have you learned over the years that you now implement in your teaching?
2: Oh man, that's such a great question. I think honestly, the only thing that you can offer to another person is your own vibrational state and your own energy. So I don't care if you have all the certifications in the world, it will not matter if you don't embody the things that you know yourself and I really believe that you have to practice what you've learned and when you do that when you embody the qualities of the things that you've learned you will be able to hold space for another person but I also believe you can't walk someone down a path that you haven't walked yourself or wouldn't be willing to walk yourself so I think certifications and stuff like that honestly they're they're just pieces of paper to me, man. Like I think really doing the work and being in the trenches and having done my own healing through overcoming obesity, suicidal depression, wanting to take my life and all these other things, alcoholism, porn addiction, these other things that I've struggled with, I've learned how to heal myself. And because I've learned how to heal myself, I can help guide others. I can't do the work for them and I can't change anyone's life, but all I can do is show them where to look, but I can't tell them what to see. So I think being a safe place for people is really about working on yourself, doing the healing on yourself, and really going in to release the pain and the trauma, the hurt that you have yourself. Because the more you purify yourself, it's like a mirror. The more, if you had a mirror and your mirror is dirty, you won't be able to see yourself clearly. But if you've worked a long time on polishing your mirror, you can be a reflection of that person where they can see themselves so clearly the more pure and loving you are, the more clear that that person you are working with will be able to see themselves. But if you're not present and you're distracted and you're still wounded yourself, you are going to project that onto that person and you will actually end up hurting that person even more.
1: Yeah, that's such a great distinction there. I, I like that you shared that. It, it's funny, man. I studied NLP and uh, CBT, <laughs> you know, all these, you know, different different things. And uh, you're right. Like in in the beginning, I was like, I've got to get these certificates and I got to learn all these things. And most of, I guess, the intuition that's developed over time has really come from creating those reference points in my mind which increases the belief as I'm going through these experiences and uh, obviously going into the trauma work that you do, that's such a, wow, man. Like you don't know what's going to show up. Right. I remember having a conversation with Tony Robbins and you know, he, he, we were talking about the state of the industry and there's, you know, a lot of people that call themselves coaches and he laughed. He's like, yeah, Joe, it happens in every industry It's not just in self-development or life coaching. He said, it's in many industries. A lot of people will just slap titles on their names, but he said, the key here is mastery. You know, a lot of people dabble. They don't commit to mastery. And he, he said it doesn't just mean certificates and papers. It means that you're committed to the game. Like you're all in. Your whole body's on the line. Your soul's with it. You're there diving in as deep as you can go. And it's really exploring the depths of the human soul of like, what do I have here first and how, how much work do I do on me, you know? So I do love that. And that's how you can stand so powerfully with the people that, uh, you know, are in front of you at these events and retreats. But with just the, like the, the trauma that you come across when you're having these conversations and when you're walking people through this uh, experiential exercises, what do you keep in mind? when you're standing before them, is there like a thing that you're doing to protect your own energy? Is there something that you walk through within yourself to be able to hold this much space? Because you do have events and retreats with 20, 30, probably even more people at times.
2: The only thing that I do, man, is remove myself. (laughs) I just get out of my own way. I become a vessel for the divine energy to flow through me. And when you're vibrating in that frequency of love and light, there is nothing of a lower frequency of fear, shame, or guilt that could even possibly touch you. So like, I I personally, like there is no more me when I, when I show up to do, to do work, to do a retreat, to do one-on-one work, whatever, there is no me. And that's the thing is like, people get so caught in this identity of who I'm being, how I look, like what all this looks like, but I don't even know who I am when I am in these environments because there is no me. Like I just become this, this vessel known as Jake and this, this energy just flows through me and this, whatever comes out, comes out, but I don't even know what happens a lot of the times. I, I couldn't even tell you what happens a lot of times because I'm so present in that moment that I couldn't even tell you about who I'm being or whatever this is that like, I'm just, I'm Jake in a body my, and I'm just allowing this energy to flow through me. It's, it truly to me is just something that there's no thinking. Like there, it, there's totally no thinking about, there's no strategizing, there's no logic behind this. It's all just a feeling totally plugged into this grid of source energy and just letting that just come through into that person, into that moment. So they can feel this love and this certainty and this presence of whatever this energy is, however I'm showing up for them in that moment. And there, believe me, there's greater energy backing me than just myself. Like this, this is really truly is the divine energy just flowing through.
1: Yeah, I feel it, man. I feel it, and it's good that you have that as that compass, as that center point, knowing that there's something far greater than you as well that's at play, and that you're willing and open to be connected to that, man. I think some people do shut themselves off from that.
0: That's a that beautiful
1: opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I know. I did, man. I know. I I left you know, I strayed, I wasn't in my faith. And I just felt like there was something missing. And when I came back to it, I I was like, wow, like this really is the juice of life. Like it's, it's really important to have it there. So I do, I love that, man. I wanted that and respect it a lot. when major trauma does show up right like let's say someone's like just losing it in front of you i know obviously energy like moves through your body your body is like a library it stores everything right and and when you see people crying in front of you or they're breaking down or they're having this like moment where some people will go wow like what's happening over there it seems traumatic uh what do you do to really hold that space when it's when that major trauma comes up
2: oh that's that's awesome I love, I love when that happens because that to me is, is like releasing the demons. I'll share a story too. At my last retreat, during one of the guided meditations, we were doing um, a guided meditation and we have people going around doing energy healing and stuff like that. And I was doing energy work on this one – Woman, and her head was just like going back, like forth, like this. It was just like it was like she didn't even have a neck. Her head was just like going back and forth. So I'm like trying to hold her head because I didn't want to like I didn't know what was gonna happen with her neck. Like I didn't want to hurt her neck or something. But then all of a sudden, next to her, this man was like like he was literally getting punched, like in a boxing match. I'm like, I better get over to him. So I went over to him and I put my hands down on his chest very lightly, and I dropped my hands on his chest. I'm just sending energy into into his heart center. And he just kept like going like crazy, like he was getting hit. And I'm like, whatever he's going through right now is pretty wild. So then all of a sudden this, like this, this intuitive feeling came into me to go like this and like make like a swiping motion in front of his chest. I don't know why I did it, but then like it stopped and he just settled back in his chair. And this was like a 30 minute guided meditation. And so afterwards I was like, what was going on, man? Like, what was, what were you experiencing? He goes, there was a demonic entity that had shown itself to me during this meditation was literally walking up the front of my chest and when you came over and put hands on me and did the, whatever you did the thing fell off like it was it had attached itself to it and he said i remember exactly when this entity had attached itself to me because i got into in a fight with my girlfriend and it, it actually the fight turned abusive and this is all stuff he told me and that voice came out and he said, I don't know who I was, Jake. And in that moment, it was this demonic voice that was screaming at her. I don't know who it was. He said, that same voice showed itself to me during this meditation and it released from me when you came over. He said, if you didn't come over to me when you did at that time, I was going to get up and run the hell out of the room. He said, I was so scared that this had been locked so deeply in my system. It was, it was so powerful, man. I, I just, I love seeing stuff like that. It like, gets really cool. Wow,
1: dude! Wow, wow. <laughs> I, I'm saying that because for the longest time, I denied that there was another realm, there's a spiritual realm in that sense. Uh, and then I started experiencing it. You know, I had experienced dark spiritual things happening uh, in my life and seeing witnessing it uh, before me and others' lives. And it got to a point where I just couldn't deny it anymore. Like there is, there is things like that that go on, and and. Uh, I, I see it like people do carry these things and they they play with things with spiritual things too. They don't understand. And uh, obviously there's like the mental, there's emotional, the physical, the spiritual, that you can't take one element out and say, this is all that it, there is. There's so much more. And uh, I think that what can happen often with people that I come across that are like really high achievers is uh, they are not just necessarily like denying that part. They may just be really, moving it to the back burner in their life and they become spiritually bankrupt. And then when they're spiritually bankrupt, they start making decisions from a place that can be very ego-driven and they wonder why they don't feel fulfilled or they don't feel uh, this grace and peace in their life. They don't, they don't have faith, you know? These are really important elements and uh, I, I do like the fact that you're able to shine light on that with others. Like, yo, there's some things in the world that are dark, but there's also so much love and good and that we get to also, you know, be a part of that too. So,
2: Trauma gets stored within the body and in our energy field. So yep. a lot of times when we experience, like, I, look, I like to give the analogy of like Play-Doh. Like, I don't know if you ever played with a kid, Play-Doh when you were a kid, but you yeah. leave a fingerprint in the Play-Doh and it stays. And so when we experience abuse neglect abandonment trauma a lot of times it gets stored in us energetically and it has to be released it has to be released or else it stays with you and the universe will continue to send you things in your life that mirror back to you your own wounds it's just it's just a mirroring process everything in this universe externally is a reflection of your internal world so the more you can identify the things showing up in your life as teachers then everything begins to shift because everything that comes into your your reality is showing you the way to help you further awaken
1: yeah yeah. I, I love the challenges that show up that are new because I know that it's about to teach me a new lesson. It's interesting. You know, there's a saying of like, God will never give you something that you can't handle. And I flip the coin and look at the other side and say, well, that's true. God won't give you the dreams that you're praying for, or aspiring for, unless you can become the person that can handle it as well in order to receive it. Mm. You know, we we ask so often for these things in our life, but it's like, we've got to ask ourselves too, have you matched the frequency of what that is that you desire most. And I'd like to dive into this conversation of manifestation before we wrap up this interview, because I know that this is something really big for you and you see this quite often in your own life. How do we manifest more in our life? Mm, By appreciating
2: what you already have right now. I think honestly with gratitude, everything grows with gratitude, everything in your life grows. So, I don't know if it's necessarily about manifesting more. I think it's more about appreciating what you have right now and how beautiful your life already is and how beautiful you already are right now in this moment because this present moment is all that truly matters. So if you're focusing on the future and what's missing from your life, you're, you're sending out this lackful vibration. Like you have to realize that where you are right now is perfect, is complete, but you have to also realize that the more you don't f- appreciate what you have right now, the more you come out from this place of lack and, and scarcity, then you're never going to manifest what you want in your life. Because even when you manifest it, you won't even see it. You won't even appreciate it. Right? So like if right now you're, you're making 5,000 a month, and you're like, I'm going to be so happy when I make 10,000 a month. But the thing is, you won't be when you make 10,000 a month because you already be at the goal of I'm gonna make 20,000 a month or I'm gonna make 50,000 a month and then you get to these goals but yet the goals keep eluding you like this unicorn and you never really find happiness because you're always seeking happiness outside of yourself so I say if the one thing you should be manifesting is more love within and the more you do that the more happiness you will have in your life because you'll be able to appreciate everything already in your life right now so I think if you really want to anchor into manifestation and really understand it you have to understand that you are an energetic being. You're emitting a frequency right now. So even unconsciously, you, you emit a frequency. So unconsciously holding on to shame, trauma, guilt, all this stuff, you're going to keep having these things come into your life. Like, for example, a lot of people are like, why do I keep attracting emotionally unavailable people? Because you're still emotionally unavailable to your own heart. But you're like, well, I'm such a good person. I make a lot of money. I'm, I'm really funny. I smile. Like, but you're still manifesting from a place of lack because it's unconscious. So we have to really look at our wounds and clear out these blockages if we want to be able to manifest with clarity. Because like, it's like, imagine driving on a highway and the highway's got a bunch of trees all down in it. Those trees are your wounds. Those trees is the shame, the guilt, the trauma, all of it. You cannot possibly call something into your life with all of this stuff in your way because you, you can't even get to it clearly. So I think clear out the blockages and what you want will flow into your life when you match that vibration, when you match that frequency.
1: Oh, And even listen to the words that you said before. When someone says, why am I attracting this type of person in my life? or Why am I attracting unemotionally, uh, emotionally unav- unavailable people? That question of why am I is like a, is a victim mentality, the frequency that is victim. When you're asking like, what can I create or what can I do different or what decision can I make that I haven't made before? That's creation. And, and I believe that we're often in either destruction, stagnation or creation at any point in time. And our words become our worlds. And I love that you've like really gone in and gone like, this is what happens when people come with this energy that like, of course you're getting back that lack, of course it's coming from desperation and there's nothing new created from it. That's a beautiful stuff. Man. I also Thank think sp-
2: the, the vibration behind the word is what creates the world. Yeah. <laughs> you can say yeah. all the words you want, but if there's no energy attached to that word, there's no vibration. Because vibration is is what creates our reality. It's the vibration behind those words that is is what's creating your manifestation.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that, man. I love it. It all comes back to us, doesn't it, man? It starts with you.
2: And who is the you?
1: That's a question. That's a question that we don't have the answer for that. Like, if you're listening right now, you got to dig into that yourself and really connect with it.
2: Who am I? I asked myself this question for many years, man. I remember... I had moved across the country. I had to get away from my hometown and all this. Like, And I was standing on a rooftop in the middle of Dallas, Texas at 1.30 in the morning, looking at the sky, repeating the words out, may I see myself as I truly am? May I see myself as I truly am? May I see myself as I truly am? And I just kept saying this and saying this and saying this. But I did that for years. Like I kept saying that to myself. I'm like, I want to know who I am. I need to know who I am so I can serve people. I want to be able to serve people because you can't serve people until you have found out who you really are.
1: Mm. Self-awareness.
2: Yeah, man. And when you go beyond the self, you get even deeper into awareness. When you realize that your soul incarnated into this form to work through its karma, then you start to really come into real consciousness.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's such a mission that we get to be a part of. Um, I love it, man. I, I wouldn't want life to be easy and just to be, you know, everything just like laid out on a platter for me. I think that the fact that every day we get to choose how we show up, we get to choose where we live emotionally as well. There's just so much uh, responsibility in that. And there's just no reason to be the victim or make excuses in this day and age. It's just like, there's so much for us, man. I remember we had uh, Mike Dooley, you know, the, the guy that writes a letters, uh, letter from the universe, right? Notes from the universe. Uh, he says, Joel, the cards are so heavily stacked in our favor. If we just looked at it and saw that and knew it, our whole perception of this world would change.
2: And I see you carry
1: a very similar perception, man. I love that. I really love it. So Jake, I know that before this interview, we're talking about a poem that you have, and it's a 30 second poem. Would you mind sharing that with us? I think that will bring a lot of value to to the listeners. I'd
2: love to, man. Let me just pull it up here. So this poem is called The Awakened Heart. It's something that I wrote when I was going through a hard time in my life. And I think that It just really helps us to remember who we really are and to awaken the love within our heart. Your time here is limited, but there's a reason why you visited. Think of all the people you can help heal when you open your heart and start to feel the beauty of your essence comes from your loving presence. Remember to always stay curious and don't take things too serious. Don't stress the past or what happened last. Don't worry about what's to come. It will leave you feeling numb. Feel free to smile more than once in a while. Forgive others who have hurt you because they hurt too. Be gentle with yourself and you will find that inner peace is the ultimate wealth. See hard times as a way for you to grow and the light within you really start to glow.
1: Wow, man, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you you, you so much. Thank you for
2: allowing me to share my voice on this podcast. I'm truly honored.
1: Super inspirational, man. Thank you. Really, really appreciate you, dude. Uh, If you're listening right now, make sure you check out Jake online. Jake, where can we find you on social media? And even if you could share your website, even where your events and retreats are, that would be amazing.
2: Or if you really want to find me, just close your eyes and connect to your heart and feel into that place of love that you are, the eternal place of love and consciousness that you always have been. And you'll realize that we are all one. We all come from the same source energy. And I think that our world does a really good job of creating separation and dualistic ego perceptions. But yes, in social media, I am on the web of social media. <laughs> I have a podcast as well. We have over 140 episodes at this point, guided meditations on there, some great interviews, some solo episodes, a lot of good stuff. It's called The Awake With Jake Show. That's my podcast available, iTunes, Spotify, all the places. And then Instagram it's just underscore Jake, J-A-K-E, Woodard, W-O-O-D-A-R-D. And I post daily on Instagram and I'm really active over there. And I just, I try to do my best to serve people through these platforms and and just really show people that there, there is a way to heal yourself. There is a way to to let go of the pain and the hurt. If you're a website person, it's just jakewoodard.com.
1: <laughs> Got it, brother. Thanks a million. Thanks for showing up. Appreciate you and uh, your wisdom. Was received, I'm sure. Uh, now, Jake, at the end of every interview, I always ask this last question, and you know it because you've listened to quite a few of the episodes. You know this. The question is if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like?
2: That if you were to allow yourself for one moment to feel the purity of your essence, to feel your childlike innocence, to feel the vibration of love. Imagine if you could make that your reality. Imagine that if you were to feel and anchor yourself deeply into your heart center, how much more beautiful you could make this world be and how much more of a beautiful human experience you would have when you've gone in and you've done the inner work to heal yourself and release trauma. And you've anchored yourself so deeply and rooted yourself so deeply in love that you could give that to others. And I want to remind you that you are safe, you are seen, you are heard, and you are able to express yourself in a true, authentic way.